Welcome to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Hey Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the word of the Lord. Thank you for Pastor Portia. She comes. Amen. Just stay standing and let's just welcome Pastor Portia. She comes today. Praise the Lord, everybody. Father, we thank you right now, Lord Jesus, for your word. Father, I pray right now, Lord God, that you would open our ears to hear what you would say to us today. Father God, that every distraction that we would think about from our phone or anything else would leave. And Father, we pray right now, Lord God, that we would be open to receive what you would have for us today. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody say amen. You may be seated. My husband, Pastor Stephen Sumner, did an awesome job last week, didn't he? He taught the Word of God, a wonderful job, teaching on the house of God, that we are the house of God. He taught us how um, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, but we need to clean up our houses. Come on, our, old, our, our natural houses and our spiritual houses, our bodies, the temple, so we need to clean up our bodies too, amen? He said that we need to clean out both our bodies and our houses and that's what we've been working on and that's what we've been doing so thank you pastor Stephen. friday um we had the privilege of laying to rest our sister pat swanson and uh it was a series of people that we knew in the last couple weeks that have went on to glory one of them was my uncle rod thomas and another one was sister pat swanson and another one um Janet, uh, uh, Janet's uh, father, Mo, went on. And so uh, it, it was a busy week this week and with uh, memorials and, and, and uh, I'm sorry, it was nothing to do with COVID. No, not at all. So we had the privilege of laying to, to rest our sister, Pat Swanson. I tried not to cry, but of course I broke down because I had already missed her. I find comfort in the fact, though, that I will see her again. And I know some of you have really dealing with people right now, dealing with issues right now. And I want you to realize that if somebody is loving Jesus and somebody knows him, that you will see them again. I know as Christians, we do not sorrow like those who have no hope. Thank you, Jesus. Though I cried, I was still happy because I knew that she made it in. She made it into glory. Sometimes we don't understand when our loved ones pass away or the people that we want to hold on to them. You know, we always get are excited about heaven, but we get mad when God takes people there. Amen? So God has given... Uh, one thing about Pat, though, she operated in her God-given purpose. Somebody say God-given purpose. She succeeded at dominating her gifting. I want you and I pray even during this message that you would ask God, God, what gifts has you given me? What gifts have you given me to dominate in and to conquer in? It was said of Pat that she was an encourager. It was said that she uh, helped people. One person said that they actually didn't even have any clothes to go to church, but Pat helped them, giving them clothes so that they could go to church. It was said that uh, from her daughter-in-law that 
she uh, taught her and helped her to learn how to play the piano better. And as I was listening to these testimonies of people, of what Pat did to them, somebody said that they actually didn't even feel that people wanted them to sit by them in church, but Pat made her feel welcome. She made her feel like you can sit by me. And she said when she sat by Pat, Pat was so encouraging in fact, that she never left her side. In fact, Pat took her, um, took her to lunch, you know, every week after church. And I was thinking, I wonder what will be said about me? What will be said about us? I used to have a t-shirt that read, I live, live your life in such a way that the pastor doesn't have to lie at your funeral. <laughs> In Psalms 139:16, David says, "You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed." I want you to know that God sees you. I want you to know that God sees every offering that you give. I want you to know that God sees every time that you are kind when you don't have to be. God sees us. I remember growing up and this lady used to come to our church and she would sing this song. And the song came back to me this week and the song was called, Only What You Do For Christ Will Last. I want to read some of the verses this morning. You may build great cathedrals, large or small. You can build skyscrapers, grand or tall. You may conquer all the failures of the past, but only what you do for Christ will last. Remember, only what you do for Christ will last. Remember, only what you do for Christ will last. You may seek earthly power and fame. The world might be impressed by your great name. Soon the glories of this life will pass. But remember, only what you do for Christ will last. Through your, though your armies may control each atmosphere, and your orbits out in space cause men to cheer. Your scientific knowledge may be vast, but only what you do for Christ will last. Though your song and prayers are heard and praised by men, they've no meaning unless you are born again. Sinners heed these words. Don't let this harvest pass, for only what you do for Christ. Only what you do for Christ will last. Remember, only what you do for Christ will last. Only what you do for him will be counted in the end. Only what you do for Christ will last. 
So hear me. Hear me, my brothers and my sisters and my family and encounter church family and friends watching online. It's best for us that we as Christians would loosen our grip on this world. Loosen our grip because it's passing away. This world is passing away. Your life, every day that you live, is passing away. It's passing away. So we got to loosen our grip on this world, our pursuit for things of this world. Uh, some of our some of our existence and it's just wrapped up in the, the things and the, the, the treasures of this world, the cars and the money and everything. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't have nice things, but when it becomes all that's driving you and all that you are seeking after, it's wrong. Because the scripture says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I used to be bad at it, you guys. Pastor Steve will tell you, you know, I grew up in the church and God in Christ and we knew how to dress and we had to have the matching shoes and we had to have the hats and we had to have, you know, everything, the purses and everything. And, uh, you know, $30,000 in debt later before God woke me up. And I never forget it was on uh, my birthday, Pastor Steve, my 30th birthday. I'm 50-something right now, but it's my 30th birthday that Pastor Steve took me to see a movie. And I remember God spoke to me in that movie. It was the Titanic, and the ship was going down. And I've said this story many times because I remember it was at a, a pivotal point in my life when God would change my way of thinking. And I was asking God to speak to me. I'm like, God, would you speak to me? Would you, would you give me a word? And God kept telling me, would you please read Ecclesiastes chapter 2? And it says, all is vanity. And I, and I said, okay, 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 would you speak to me, God? What are you talking about? All is vanity. And, and I remember it was at a point when the ship was going down. The ship is going down, and, and the man hands him the money and says, get me on the dinghy, get me on the boat. And I know it's not what he said. I keep saying that. I know. It's not what he said. I know, Pat. I know it's not what he said. But in my heart and in my mind, I heard different words. And what I heard him say was that we're all dying here. We're all dying here. We're all dying here. And all of a sudden, the Lord showed me. Portia, your clothes that you are, you just have to have and you're ready to kill if somebody touch your clothes without asking you. Portia, your clothes that you have to have a new purse and everything to match with is going to be thrown away. A hundred years from now, nobody will care about your clothes. Portia, your car that you said, don't touch that, don't, 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 don't eat in my car. Don't eat, put it in that, 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 that car that you think is so important to you. Portia, your car will be in the junkyard. Portia, somebody will be living in your house that you might not even like, or it may be a rebuilt one. So the things that I want you to focus on are not earthly things that should not be your primary pursuit in life it should not be he said because these things are passing away and every day that you live you are dying 
I found out that I was dying and it changed everything for me. If you only had a week to live, what would you do differently? If you only had a year to live, what would you do differently? It's different. So think about it with me for a second, would you? Since the beginning of this year, there have been 8,000 wildfires that have burned 3.6 million acres. 3.6 million acres. Since August 15th, there has been 26 fatalities in those fires and 7,000 structures destroyed. I'm just thinking of that. I'm just thinking of that. Wow. And people are devastated. I remember when, when the, what was it? It was, it was a crash. They said it the early on, way back in the day, a stock market crash and people started jumping off roofs and people started killing themselves because their whole treasure was wrapped up in material things. So I want you to ask yourself the question this morning. What do I value? What do I value in this life? What do I value in this life? Ask yourself, what is the most important thing to me? If there was a fire in your house, what things would you run to get out? I want you to know this morning that God values people. God values people. It was the reason that he died because of people. And I said it the last time I preached, but you know I can say it every time. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Ask yourself, do I live as if this is all there is? I'm going to say it again because some of y'all getting distracted. Do I live as if this is all there is? Do I act like this world is corrupted by sin? Do I get overly upset and angry when things don't go my way? The way that I want them to go. Our present will, listen, our present will eventually pass away, but somebody say, but, but there is hope in Jesus. I want you to write this down. Hope. The H is for he, the O is for over the P is for power and the E is for everything. He overpowers everything. God will not lose the battle. He will not lose the battle that we are in. His success, his success is linked to who he is. The alpha and the omega. Do you understand that because he is the alpha and omega, he sees everything that we can possibly go through and he goes back in the past to help us go through it? He is the, his very existence determines the beginning and the end. Oh, what a savior. Oh, what a king. 
I want you to understand that this Bible is not a religious book. It's a book about relationship. It's a book about a king. It's a book about a kingdom. It's a book about a royal family. It's a book about a government. It's a book about colonization of a planet by heaven. It's a book about a restoration program. This is the book that we need to focus on more than any other book. Because this is the word of God and it is a living word of God. God's plan for us is to be kings in his kingdom. Come on, somebody say, she going somewhere, you better pay attention. God's plan for us is to be kings in his kingdom. And he wants his kingdom established on this earth. That's why we pray, come thy kingdom, be done thy will. God's original purpose was to extend his original purpose to earth. He wanted to colonize earth with the kingdom of heaven. To establish a kingdom, a place for kids and people that look like him. That act like him. That talk like him. That walk like him. And that love like him. So we are not subjects that he created. Subject, subjects means below. Sub means below. So God's plan was to fill the earth with his offsprings. You and I were created to dominate, to rule a domain. Your domain is the area of your gifting that you are supposed to rule. Like I started talking about today about Pat, she operated in her gifting, the gift of encouragement. So what am I saying to you? I want you to understand where your giftings are because God wants you to operate in those giftings. That's why the us groups are so important because in them we will understand the us communities. We will understand and discover one another's giftings. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So it says, I want to say every human being came to earth with something that someone else needed. Think about that with me for a minute. What do I have that someone else needs? That's why people get rich. They discover, they sit back, and they watch what someone else needs, and they make a solution to what someone needs, and then they become millionaires, all because they stopped looking at themselves, okay, and they started looking at someone else. Genesis chapter 1, God blesses them, and he says, be, be fruitful. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. God blesses them and he says, I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply. He says, and I want you to increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish and the sea and the birds in the skies. And over every living creature that moves on the ground. So what are we to rule over? We're to rule over the fish and the seas and the birds in the skies. We are to rule over what God has given us as our gifting. His plan was not to be king, was not for us to be a ruler over people. 
He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And even though he is the Lord of lords, he wants you to make him the Lord of lords over your life. We are ones in counter church that set the standards. We are the gathering of kings. Why is that so important? Why is the, the us community so important? Because God wants us to gather. One can chase a thousand. Two can put 10,000 to flight. But many of us together, oh my God, the power, the anointing, the unity. Oh, just incredible. First Peter chapter 2 and 9 says we are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We are God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. So we are the ecclesia. We are the church. We are the called out ones. Genesis chapter 1, 26 says, And God said, Let us make man in our own image and let them have dominion. That means you and I are not to be dominated but we are the dominators. This is why God hates oppression. That's why God hates racism. That's why God hates segregation and dictatorship. The word image means nature or substance. Let them have dominion. Every human being is given the right to rule, but not over people. You got to rule over yourself first. You got to rule over. You know what is amazing to me? I'm glad that Pastor Steve just repeated that to me. Because, you know, a lot of times we as women, we get mad and we don't even know why we're mad. And, you know, it could be that time of the month. You know, we're just mad. We don't even know why we're mad. Maybe, maybe not y'all. Maybe just me. Okay, y'all looking at me. Okay, maybe just me. Sometimes I thank you. Thank you. Sometimes we get mad and we don't even know why we're mad. We got to ask ourselves, why am I mad? Why am I upset? We got to examine and rule over our own emotions first. Hmm. When you oppress another human being, you are oppressing yourself. You know what my dream, our dream, Pastor Steve and I, we dream of the day that we will so unite together. I, I got to say it. We dream that we will see each other as an extension of ourselves. We dream of a love so deep that anybody coming in here with a cray-cray attitude. I got to say this, even though this is not in my message. But sometimes people act cray-cray. That, that means crazy, for those of you that don't know. That's cray-cray. I was sitting down with Gingy and Flank, and I would tell them I wrote a cray-cray song. But anyway... It goes, rolling your eyes like this and turning your neck like that. Then you want to get real loud and talk real fast. Cray, cray. Oh, don't do cray, cray on me. I don't do cray, cray. I don't do crazy. Uh, stubbing your feet like that and turning your back like that. Then you want to shake like that and do like that. Cray, cray. Oh, don't do cray, cray on me. I don't do cray, cray. I don't do crazy. 
Thank y'all for y'all that clapping, y'all. So gracious. <laughs> but don't be crazy. You got to rule over your own emotions first. You got to dominate yourself first. Come on. Come on. So we're not going to oppress other people. We're not going to look down on other people. No man can say that he loves God and hate his neighbor. Dominion means kingdom rulership. We are created to be governing authority or standard setters on this earth. And the us groups will create corporate kingship. The gathering of the kings. Ha, ah, I love it. Look at your neighbor and say, did you know you was royalty? His plan was to create a kingdom of kings. There's a transformation that is going to take place, and that is taking place. And the Bible identifies, that God identifies himself as a lion. Are you with me? Who's with me still? Come on, stay with me. God identifies himself as an eagle, but he identifies himself primarily as a lion. And I want you to understand something. So if that's the lion, then we are, the, the lion is the king of the jungle, right? And so we are little lions. So I want you to understand about the lion. The lion is not the strongest in the jungle. Not the strongest. The elephant is the strongest. He's not the tallest in the jungle. Not the tallest. The giraffe is the tallest. The lion is not even the smartest in the jungle. It's these set of monkeys that they say are really the smart ones in the jungle. The lion is not even the heaviest in the jungle. The hippo is the heaviest in the jungle. Come on. So I want you to understand, well, why then does God identify with the lion? Why then does he do it? Because he wanted to cancel every excuse that we have. He wanted to cancel every excuse that you have not to fulfill and not to walk in the gifting that God has given you for the body of Christ at this time. It was an attitude that the lion has. The way the lion walks. It's an attitude that he carries. An attitude that God wants you to shift today. And the reason why he has this attitude is because of his belief. Your belief is very important to God how you believe God has not given us the spirit of fear but of love of power and the sound mind people ask me pastor Portia you gotta be careful and I am careful but I will not live my life in fear I will not Live my life in fear. And if I am going to die, it is going to be because I am living. It is not going to, because you can die anytime, every day, you can die. Stepping out of your house, you can die. Getting up out of bed, you can die. Catching a kind of common cold, you can die. 
But I will not live my life in fear. I will be dictated by the word of God, which says that you can triumph over scorpions and over all the devices of the devil. I will be dictated to by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will direct my life. God wants us to give him control. I'm going to tell you something. Our belief system is the key to us becoming a great church. It is the key to you and I becoming great in God and fulfilling our God-given destiny and purpose. Philosophy. Philosophy means to think about your thoughts until you believe them. What are you thinking about? What are you reading? What are you watching? Think about your thoughts until, think about the thoughts of God until you believe them. So philosophy is your belief system that comes from your ideas. Ideas are thoughts that communicate your belief. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So I want you to understand something. Every time the Bible was talking about the heart, it's talking about your mind. Because you don't think in your heart. You think in your mind. You get it? So as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The heart refers to your mind. Heart means sub-mind. Sub means below. So you have two minds. You have your subconscious mind and you have your mind. You don't change until the content of your heart changes. I'm going to say it again. We cannot change until the content of our heart changes. So what is stored in our hearts? What do we allow to be stored in our hearts? What are we thinking about over and over and over again? It kind of worries me if I, uh, I remember years ago, I, I got into one of the saints' cars, and they had some crazy song on there with cussing and stuff and all that in it. And I was like, wow, no wonder. No wonder. Because what you allow yourself to be programmed with, what you allow, you actually say. Because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Come on, somebody. So your conscious mind is like your desktop, right? So it only shows what you want people to see. You know, Pastor Portia and Steve is coming over, so I'm going to be really nice today and really sweet to my wife today. <laughs> but you got to be nice and sweet regardless if we dare or not, Right? Because Jesus is there. Because he's watching. He's hearing you on the phone. What comes out when you're under pressure? Come on. What comes out when you put that tea bag in that water? What comes out is who you really are. What you have allowed to be stored in your mind. 
For years, I did this speech. The electrical signals that are conduits to the brain by auditory nerve fibers are not themselves sound, but are symbols of sound, and they evoke many different reactions in various sections of the brain, which governs a person's responses. So depending on an individual's previous condition, a single sound can produce an entire spectrum of emotion or physical reaction, laughter, tears, sound triggers movement and speech. It is so important to understand that you are being programmed by a society that's increasingly dominated by technology. Or you're being programmed by this. Pastor Portia, why are you preaching this message? I used to like you. But I love you. But our job is not to be your friend. Our job is to be your pastors. Our job is to help you to be hungry for Jesus. Our job is to direct you to him. Because if you follow him, you're going to be all right. If you follow the word of God, then you're going to make it. You're going to make it. I want you to understand that some of us, all of us, we need to be deprogrammed. That's why speaking in tongues, I'm not afraid to speak in tongues. It's very important. It helps you to, it helps you, it, come on, to deprogram, to wash the water of the word. It helps you to wash your mind. That's why tonight's prayer meeting, Monty called, to, he said, can we have a prayer meeting? I'm like, I'm always up for a prayer meeting. Because my brother used to say it best when he said, you, you, you know, if you're a little prayer, a little power. A lot of prayer, a lot of power. No prayer. Come on, somebody listening. No power. But I want you to understand that we are getting programmed. We're getting programmed by all this other stuff. And we got to hear the sound of heaven. We got to hear the Holy Spirit. Come on. So Paul in Romans chapter 12 verse 2 tells us that we are not to be conformed of, to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, how, Pastor Portia, am I going to renew my mind? I'm so glad you asked that. You renew your mind when you speak in your heavenly language. You renew your mind when you read the word of God. You renew your mind when you sing worship songs and thanksgiving songs when you don't feel like it. You renew your mind when you don't go to something else as a defense mechanism. You go to God. Oh, okay, somebody got it. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says... What know you not that your bodies are the temple of the Holy, Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own, for you are brought with the price. Therefore, glorify God in your bodies. That means God, what I look, what I look at, I want to glorify you. What I touch, I want to glorify you. Somebody said a long time ago, be careful what you do with your hands, because these are the hands that will lay hands on the sick and see them recover. God has called you and I to be kings, to ruler, to set, to be the ruler that sets the standard, to be the ruler of love, of joy, 
of peace, of long suffering, of gentleness, of goodness, of faith, of meekness, of temperance. God has called us to be that in our families. He's called us to be that in our church. Romans 12 and 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to me. I want you guys to understand that we are living to live again. You are living this life to live again. This life is only temporary. I wish I could preach today. Help me, Jesus. Come on, help me, Jesus. We got to live our lives to live again. Let me go back to the elephant. Let me go back. Some things, see, the elephant represents big obstacles in our lives. Some of you, I get calls from you. Pastor Portia, this is going on. This is going on. This is going on with my son. This is going on with my daughter. This is going on with this person and that person. But I know somebody that can change it for you. I know. I've seen him do it. I've seen him change hearts. I've seen him transform lives. I've seen him, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I've seen him. I know somebody that can fix it for you. This may seem like a big obstacle. This may seem like an elephant that's, a, that's huge and you can't even make it in a room without crying. Some of you are under such great pressure and it's real. The situations are real. So why do we need to form the us communities? Because, haha, you ready? You following me? Are you with me? Who with me? You with me over there? Come on, stay with me. I'm only going to preach a little while longer. Stay with me. Because here it is. The elephant. The lion cannot kill the elephant by itself one stomp one kick and the elephant is killed or hurt the lion but beware saints of God of a pack of lions a pack of lions that form together that say you know what I got my brother with me I got my sister with me I got my cousin with me I got my friends with me come on and we're going after it together we're going after the big things that hurt each other together come on and those lions they get on the back of that elephant Franklin come on they get on the back of it come on and they start ripping it apart next thing you know that elephant is lunch so why has God called you and I to come together so we can get rid of all the isms and the schisms, black, white, red, yellow? Why has he called us so that we can be a symbol of what the body of Christ looks like, what the bride of Christ looks like, what heaven looks like? Come on! Come on, Franklin. But the power 
See, this is what you got to understand. The world. Pastor Portia, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to be in that march. You need to be in this march. You need, listen, let me tell you something. I'm doing my assignment. I'm doing what God has called me to do which is to see and to pray for hearts to be transformed. Maybe you trying it this way and you trying it that way. I love what somebody said. Listen, they said, listen, they said, if we're all going to China and you going from Oakland and you drive to LA and go and you go from San Francisco, what does it matter if we're all getting there? You got to understand that our goal as pastors is to see, come on, you mature into God-fearing people with a relationship with him. That we deprogram the world. Because if we talk like the world and act like the world and cuss like the world and live like the world, nobody is going to see any difference. It's not going to point anybody to Jesus. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to me. Kings of kings and lords of lords. Deuteronomy 10 and 17, Psalms 136 and 3. We find two passages where God is referred to as the Lord of lords. Lord, I want you to be Lord of lords in my life. I know that you're Lord, but I want you to be Lord over my decision making. Be Lord over what I watch. Be Lord over what I do. I'm giving you permission. Isaiah chapter 55 and 8 through 9 talks about that our thoughts are not his thoughts. That as far as the heaven is from the earth. So... I want to close this session uh, that we have together with the story because I opened this morning's lesson talking about Pat Swanson and the different ones that have gone on to be with the Lord. And I want you to think about this with me. It's a little bit off subject, but it's still relevant. There was a woman that was diagnosed with a terminal illness and the doctors had given this woman three months to live she had a gift in evangelism somebody say a gift I hope you guys are getting this Lord what is my gift what am I supposed to be doing for the body of Christ I want to be used God by you she had a gift, this, this woman in evangelism. She decided to use her funeral for one final opportunity to give a testimony. She gave her pastor the funeral plans, including her favorite hymn, including the Bible that she wanted buried with her in her casket. Then she took out one silver fork and she said, Pastor, I want you to bury this with me. Put this in my hand in the casket. 
And of course, the pastor said, well, why do you want me to do that? He said, because I want everyone who asks you that you will be able to tell them why. Surprised, surprised by her request, the pastor asked why. And she said, each time I was at a dinner party, after the meal, the servers would come to clear the plates. I would give them everything. But every now and then, they would say, hold on to your fork. And to me, that meant that the best is yet to come. That I was going to get a dessert that was out of this world. So she says, I knew right away they were serving dessert. So keep your fork means the best is yet to come. So I just want people to see me there in my casket with a shiny fork in my hand. And I want them to wonder, what does that fork mean? It means the best is yet to come. This will be my final opportunity to share my faith because I know where I'm going. I know where I am going. And I know that the best is yet to come. So the pastor did as she requested. And people asked, why is that fork in her hand? People asked that question and he was able and he included it in his message. And I want you to know that the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. That we are living this life to live again. Come on. We are kings and we are priests. We are a royal holy priesthood. We are royalty and we were called to set the standards. And even in this time where we're cleaning out our lives and we're cleaning out our bodies and we're cleaning out our hall houses and we're getting ready, I want you to know that the best is yet to come. I want you to know if you didn't get the message, and I pray you did, that together we can tackle any big problem together. We can stand in unity and devour it together. Come on. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you for all of these that are here. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for washing us and deprogramming us from the things that we have watched and the things that we have seen. Father, we are kingdom first. Come thy kingdom, be done thy will on earth as it is in heaven. As it is in heaven, God. As it is in heaven, God. So let us be on earth. Your people, God, that think differently than the world, that love differently than the world. Just lay your hands on your mind. I wish I could lay hands on each and every one of you, but just lay hands on your mind and say, God, deprogram me. Then lift up your Bible and just put it on your head and say, God, program me. Come on, Jesus. Program me, Jesus. I want to think like you think. I want to be like you, Jesus. If there's anybody here, you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, but you want to, this is your moment. Or maybe you've 
came to Jesus, but you know that you are not where you're supposed to be and you are far away from him, this is your moment. We want to just give you an opportunity to pray with us. And as you know, tomorrow is not promised. Tomorrow is not promised. If that's you, I just want you to stand up where you are and we're just going to pray for you. If there's anybody here, if there's anybody watching online, everybody just pray this prayer with me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. I believe that you died for my sins and you rose again on the third day. Come into my heart, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to live for you. I'll leave sin alone and I'll serve you, but I can't do it by myself. Help me, Jesus. I surrender and I call you Lord. Now, if you're here today and you found yourself in the message, just say, Lord Jesus, wash me, cleanse me, deprogram me. I want to think like you. I want to walk like you. I want to talk like you. I surrender all. Thank you for forgiving me. And thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. And thank you for walking, watching online. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit EncounterJesus.us or search for Encounter Church San Leandro in your app store.